Get ready for a new episode of KP Talks Dollars and Cents. Learn financial literacy and get real-time updates on all things housing, finance, and real estate with your host, Kevin Perenio. As an owner and C-level executive for 20-plus years in finance, KP is here to serve you with all of his knowledge and experience. Whether you're a broker, realtor, or just interested in the economy, this is the podcast for you. So let's get started. Here's your host, Kevin Perenio. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Newport Beach. Happy July 4th, 246th birthday of America. We got kiddos, volleyball games. This could be the last day where it doesn't feel like we're in a recession for the year, which will be interesting. I'm not trying to be a downer, but it doesn't feel like one. Not today, which is good. Um, <clears throat> we are here in the back of uh, a neighborhood, and this little area I'm walking to is called North Star Beach, and they have an aquatic center and there's a little washout area called the Back Bay. Um, I have been taking it easy today, trying to relax. It's a school night for those of us in the business, aka a work night. But there's a lot of data coming out this week, especially the jobs report. That is the biggest one that's coming out. Um, our, if we're in a recession, you would expect to see some cracks in the labor market. And um, we have seen some cracks, right? So uh, last month's uh, the... June employment report that is, uh, well, the first Friday of June that comes out for May's job numbers had 390,000 jobs created. Now, that was a little bit higher than expectation, but the first time under 400,000. The expectation for this Friday coming up is for 250,000 jobs created in the month of June. So this is the July report. Um, it's typically the first Friday of the month, but because uh, today, Monday, is a, is a federal holiday, I believe the uh, Bureau of Labor Statistics pushed it back a week instead of July 1st on Friday. So that's, um, um, you know, they do it every now and then on holiday weekends like that. So 250,000 jobs are, that's the median expectation. So that is under 300,000. And we get some other job data this week, the jolts report, the job um, opening. And uh, there's a quit report that comes out. So should the quits, you know, it remember, we call this thing the great resignation. People have been quitting their jobs because there's 11 million job openings. Are they still quitting? Are we going to have under 11, under 10 job opening, uh, 10 million job openings? <clears throat> I read a report that said something like 61 companies have come out and said that they are getting rid of, um, you know, having layoffs, getting rid of workers. I think the most recent official one was that um, Elon Musk said Tesla will be laying off up to 10% of its white collar jobs. And um, for those of you that know, I, I listen to Kathy Wood quite a bit. She's amazing. Um, she's the uh, CIO, Chief Investment Officer of ARK Invest. And uh, they're super tech heavy, amazing, amazing, amazing woman. I mean, she's just absolutely brilliant. She usually puts out a, uh, a report um, on YouTube. It's free. All of her research is free. You can look her up, Kathy Wood, ARK Invest. And she mentioned that, um, that uh, manufacturing jobs are starting to weaken. And um, they've gotten very soft. And she also said that 61 companies have uh, have announced layoffs. So really great information. Um, she talked about PCE, the you know uh, personal consumption. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of data that's showing weakening, and um, it could you know I just, I don't know I have this weird theory that um, you know our economy can only get so big. I mean, 
how crazy is it that like we're limited to how many ships can ship goods? I mean, I mean, it's crazy to think that we have more demand and we have more stuff that we wanted the last couple of years and the economy just simply couldn't handle it. And um, they wouldn't, you know, they didn't have the ability to give the people what they want. And that's what caused inflation around the world. Didn't help that 15% of the world's oil supply was disrupted with an unknown event with the Ukraine invasion by Russia. Um, and, you know, if you look at the travel this weekend, it was one of the largest TSA checkpoint travel weekends, you know, since pre-pandemic. And it's um, a lot of cancellations. There aren't enough pilots. Remember, they got let go. Something like 1,500 flights canceled this weekend. You know, 40,000 delays. Some, some nutty number like that. So people are out and about, but the economy is is maxed out. So the Fed has to slam on the brakes and you can try and engineer a soft landing and it's not going to be soft for everyone. Now, one of the things that uh, Kathy Wood said in her ARK Invest, uh, I guess, you know, monthly report that she did, she said that um, the Michigan Consumer Sentiment Report that went out actually showed that white collar workers were less optimistic than the lower uh end wage earners when it comes to sentiment. And sentiment's a big deal. Remember, 70% of the economy of our GDP is consumer spending. So if people with more money have a negative sentiment, then that's going to be a problem. And um, anyway, maybe people will hunker down. And let's not forget the amount of stimulus that was out there. That was real money that was pushed into the system, not just, not just by the Fed, okay, which obviously is a lot less liquidity, which I'll talk about in just a second. But you know, the stimulus checks that people were using um, to pay for stuff that they, you know, it was money they, that they didn't have before. So um, here we are at the uh, Newport Aquatic Center. This is a bunch of kayaks and stuff. I'm not into that, but it's fun watching public beach. Anyway, and here we are. Speaking of pilots, I live in the flight path of John Wayne County. It's super annoying. <clears throat> anyway, um, so liquidity is, is going to be liquidity and credit are the next two big things to watch besides labor. If labor started to crack and um, the Fed is raising interest rates, you know, maybe there's another 75 basis points for sure coming at the July meeting. Uh, maybe uh, I think that's next week or within two weeks. And then um, there's another meeting. Um, by September and so it's baked into the cake 275 basis point rate hikes that is uh, making credit more expensive so remember there's a difference between credit and cash okay cash on hand is cash credit is what banks are willing to offer and extend and if there's less credit out there because it's more expensive or if more expensive credit causes consumers to buy less goods and services that will slow down the economy but we're also going to look for cracks in the credit. Are there credit defaults? Are companies that have taken out credit, like corporate bonds, high-yield bonds, aka used to be called junk bonds, are they starting to default on their debt? We've already seen some companies in China default on their debt. We've seen companies in Russia default on their debt, not able to make their payments because they were extended credit in some form or fashion and now are unable uh, with the income, the less income coming in and their recessions that they're having. Um, unable to meet credit demands and credit cracking can have ripple effects. Um, look at some of the over leveraged cryptocurrency companies out there that got out in front of their skis and unfortunately are, are having issues. Um, credit cracks 
are a little bit different than liquidity. So we're going to keep an eye on credit quality. Remember, the 2008 recession was a huge mortgage-led credit blow-up. We were, you know, our industry, Wall Street was approving, Wall Streets and banks were approving these programs for people who could not afford the credit that they were granted and had a massive collapse. They were unable to make the, uh, the payments. It's a lot better this time. Credit and mortgages are fantastic. The, the book uh, on, you know, the loans and the books have some of the best credit ever seen. The default rates are among the lowest in history and people are still gainfully employed. But liquidity and credit make the economies in the world go round. And if there's less liquidity because the Fed's pumping less money into the system, other central banks around the world are raising their interest rates, including the Fed, then there's less credit, less liquidity, and you know less of that oil and grease to keep the skids of the economies around the world going. So we're going to keep an eye on it. Hope you enjoy this beautiful view. Happy July 4th. It's been absolutely amazing. Hope everyone was safe and... Uh, you know, I know everyone's dealing with certain things in their personal life, you know, that you don't always put on social media um, and just, you know, uh, thoughts and prayers for anyone dealing with anything that's uh, it's been rough. But, you know, we all zoom out and look back, you know, we're in a very blessed spot, whether it's a tougher part of the mortgage industry or life or whatever the case may be. You know, we're very blessed to live in this country. It is uh, it is the best in the world. So hopefully you feel that way, at least this week. Cheers. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona, California. Well, I'm doing videos on Mondays and Thursdays. That's been my routine. I'm going to stick with that. It is Thursday workday. It's after midnight, so it's technically Friday. Huge jobs report coming out soon. Uh, in a matter of hours, it is the Bureau of Labor Statistics June jobs report, and it is the big one. And uh, this one is highly anticipated. As is earnings season coming up for Q2 earnings seasons for all the publicly traded companies to report. We'll talk a little bit about non-QM. We had another lender uh, blow up today uh, or yesterday uh, with Sprout. And it's all over the news. And um, I've got a unique take on it. Um, and I talk about Dr. Copper the last couple of years. And we'll get into Dr. Copper, what it's telling us about the slowing growth of the economy. And we'll talk about commodities in general. But... Before we get to that, let's uh, let's hit the headline news. So the median, as I said on Monday on my video, the median anticipation for the Bureau of Labor Statistics jobs report for the June jobs report, which usually comes out on the first Friday of the month, although this is the second Friday technically. The first of July fell on a, a holiday weekend, so they pushed it back. Uh, Two hundred fifty thousand. That is the expected job report to come out. Now, um, last month. When uh, the uh, May uh, report, the June jobs report for May data, uh, there was more jobs uh, created than expected. So we had 390,000. I think it was anticipated to be 300,000. But that was less than 400,000 for the first time. The expectation for tomorrow is less than 300,000. So we're seeing growth, but slowing growth. So when we were... Into the recession, I was saying less bad news. Now we're having less good news. It's still growth, but it's slowing growth. And that's something we got to watch. Now, what's interesting when you compare the job opening uh, and labor turnover report, the JOLTS report, which we got that data this week. Now, watching that and cross-referencing it together with the big monthly jobs report is very interesting. The June jobs report, okay, is really 
the last half of May data and the first half of June. Okay, that's typically the jobs that um, are being reported. Now, the JOLTS report, which came out, was all the way up through the last day of May. So we just got that data the first week of July. An entire month has passed, including the first half of June, which we'll get data and insight on tomorrow morning or later this morning. So there's some comparison there. So there's a little bit of lag between uh, the JOLTS report uh, versus the big Bureau of Labor Statistics report. 11.25 million jobs, job openings, okay? That's the JOLTS, job openings. There are 11.25 million jobs open in this country right now. Now the peak, um, I get research from Stansbury Research, and the peak was in March, and it was, um, I believe, 11.85 million. So that's 600,000 less jobs in just a couple months. 600,000 less jobs open, plus uh, less jobs being created with the jobs report. And then, of course, we get jobless claims, which comes out weekly. It's a weekly report, which comes out every Thursday. That was a little bit higher than expected. Um, I think that number was uh, 235,000 weekly jobless claims. But if you triangulate these three reports and you kind of look at the time at which they're all coming, you can see there's less good news. Dr. Copper agrees. Now, if you remember what Dr. Copper said, uh, Dr. Copper, copper, the commodity copper, they say has a PhD in economics. It's a very good barometer of what's going on with the economy. Dr. Copper um, is different than oil or food or other uh, different commodities. Copper is abundant. Copper is used in many different things. I think I've mentioned um, the multiple tons that are used to create wind turbines or um, electric vehicles, um, any kind of conductor for electricity that, you know, powers everything. But it's not limited supply. Like if there's a, a war between Russia and Ukraine, it's not like the copper supply is uh, hurt by 15%, like the oil and uh, natural gas industries are. Um, if there's a bunch of births in the world or there's a supply chain issue going the other direction from China and we can't get food here or uh, Ukraine, which is seen as the breadbasket of the world, you can't get wheat around the world to create certain things. Those food commodities, those prices are very volatile. So when you hear about the consumer price index and there's the core CPI, which excludes food and energy, it's because they are volatile, because their supply and their supply chain are antiquated and there is a limited supply. Now, Dr. Copper or copper, there is no limit in supply. So when you watch the price of copper go up, that's because there's lots of demand for it, not because there's a lack of supply, economic demand. And when demand goes down, like the GDP of our country, which is 70% consumer spending, if the price of copper comes down, which in just a month and a half and 45 days has come down 25%. That is a telltale future sign by Dr. Copper that the economy is slowing. Now, it's less good news. So uh, just a little explanation of Dr. Copper. Um, I triangulated that with some information I got from Kathy Wood, which I mentioned. Um, I read her report uh, that she put out last Friday. And um, a gentleman on a CNBC clip who works for Cantor uh, Fitzgerald, he talked about um, that stat there, 25% reduction in, in copper price in just a month and a half. 
So these are slowing growth signs. So the Fed minutes came out today from the meeting in June where they talked about um, trying to tamp down inflation, even if it means that the economy will have to be slowed down by rising interest rates, by Fed um, rising rates. So it seems to be slowing down. It seems to be less good news on the job front, the economy front, which helps bring down inflation because you've got wages increasing with 11 million jobs open. I mean, at one point we had almost two jobs open for every unemployed individual. But if there are more and more unemployed individuals, that means that employers aren't having to pay up and there aren't as many quits, um, which by the way, there were job cuts uh, information that came out this week. And it was a little bit higher than a year ago and last month, about 30,000 job cuts, according to the Challenger Cut Report. So uh, we're seeing all this stuff to, uh, you know, basically slow down the economy, to tamp down inflation and get prices to come down. Will it create demand destruction so much that we have a hard landing? We shall see. The data point tomorrow with the jobs report, pretty big deal. Okay, so uh, the... Uh, the U.S. economy, by the way, has $23 trillion in um, wages and earnings up for grabs every year. Even if we had a really rough recession, let's say we had a 4 to 5% come down in growth, okay? That's a rough recession on, you know, kind of equivalent with the recession we had in 08, the Great Recession. Um, then there'd still be $22 trillion in um, income up for grabs in this economy versus $23 trillion that's estimated this year. It's the same kind of stat when you look at our industry, the housing industry, okay? 2.6 trillion in loans, maybe it's 2.2 trillion in loans, maybe it's 2 trillion in loans, maybe it's 2.4. It's still a lot, especially purchase business. So get that mindset right. Yes, there's a slowing economy. Yes, there could be more slowing to come, but there's still plenty of good stuff out there that's going on. Okay, uh, the non-QM market was carved out by Dodd-Frank. Look at my video. Uh, from the stunning beach of uh, Newport Beach, uh, the Back Bay, uh, where I talked about how Dodd-Frank's regulation worked and carved out non-QM. Unfortunately, because it's carved out, anyone that is uh, a lender of non-QM has to go to the private money markets, which those market uh, makers can be fickle. Um, I heard at one point PIMCO was buying 90% of all non-QM paper pre-pandemic. Um, so um, if prices are good or bad, then you know these buyers ultimately of the paper can decide, hey, I don't want that. So you have to know who you're doing business with um, when you're trying to sell these loans off. And sometimes you think you know who you're doing business with, and um, then they say, yeah, you know what? Sorry, that's your loss, not my problem. I'm not going to buy that from you. And then you've got 300 people out of work abruptly, or 500 people um, in these cases. And so there are some macro factors that are out of our hands and really it becomes down to relationships and who uh, who you have your money, uh, you know, your bets made with on who you're going to sell the stuff. I do think it's contained. It's not a contagion. There might be some more non-QM lenders that face the same fate, unfortunately. But the inefficiency that's going on is how long it takes for us to settle securities and sell loans. Please, blockchain, come in and make it instant. Have a great weekend. Cheers. You've been listening to KP Talks Dollars and Cents, a top-rated show for those who want to learn about the economy and mortgage environment. Tune in each week for more episodes and please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 
Kevin Perenio does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through KP Talks Dollars and Cents. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. For more info, follow KP Talks Dollars and Cents on all of our social channels.